Hello. Many of you are familiar with Matthew Steeples. Oh, good afternoon. Of the Steeples Times, who covers a lot of true crime cases and is an activist for several crime situations. And today we are honoured to have Sue, who has come in. And Sue was the wife of Stuart Lubbock. And we're going to have Sue explain and Matthew explain the situation, what happened there. It's a absolutely horrifying, harrowing death that occurred. No justice, it seems, has been meted out correctly. And there's a lot of corruption, corruption with the police. A person of interest was a very high-profile person in the media. So it looks like strings were pulled and things were covered up and evidence went astray. The right people weren't pulled in at the correct time to be interviewed. So there was all kinds of errors, corruption and inconsistencies in this case. And if you've read my book on making a murderer, the 10 things that happen when prosecutors and cops and are trying to cover things up, you're going to see many of the same red flags in this interview. So huge thank you for coming on, Sue. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we've got a lot of viewers out of America who are probably not familiar with Stuart Lubbock and what happened to him. Are you okay to just, you know, give the details, give the basics of who Stuart was, what your relationship with him was, you know, what, what his life was like before this, this happened? Yeah, Stuart was 31 when he passed. Um, before that, when we was together, um, he was just fun-loving. He was just always happy, um, loved his cars, loved his football. He had two children right after we separated. He had two children, I had two children, but we still stayed in contact. Um, and that night he went to Millennium Nightclub with his brother. Um, just a normal night out. Really, I met Ma Michael Barrymore in the club that night. And who is Michael Barrymore, just for people who don't, are not familiar? Um, he had a few shows, I believe, Strike It, Lucky, um, was it Children Say Funniest Things? He, he was um, um, an ITV entertainer who um, was a game show host, and he was sort of much loved by the nation as sort of a Saturday night television host. So he was a pretty big TV celebrity yeah, at that time. Yeah, at that time, yeah. Okay, Very so big. he bumps into him then. Is I think everyone, yeah, yeah, he bumped into him that night. And this was an era before social media, so when people met people in places, I would suggest, you know, they were rather starstruck in a yeah. different way to the Instagram generation we have today. Yeah, you wouldn't put a picture of him yes. straight away on Instagram or anything like that, would you? There yeah. was nothing like that, so... Yeah, I think Stuart went to Barrymore's house thinking it would be fun to tell his friends the next day at work when he went in there. So was he invited to go to a party though? Is that what it was? Yeah, he was invited back to the house by Kylie Merritt that was one of the other guests that went to the house. So there were nine guests in total? There's nine that, in total. That are known of? Yes. There could have been others. Which may maybe. not be declared, yeah, but maybe. but there were not, but the police always refer to the nine people mm -hmm. going to the house. 
Right. So everybody goes to the house and starts partying. Yes. Okay. There was seven that actually went from the club all in total, yeah. and there was two other guests that went there, went just popped into his house mm. that wasn't at the club. Okay. So this was a, this was a, a bungalow in a place called Royden in Essex, which had a newly built swimming pool and hot tub, and supposedly this party occurred around that area of this building. Right. So everything was okay at the party for so long, and then this happened. Is that is that is that what so what what's, were, what's, what's several, the time was, what's the time scales of what happened? Well, from what I gather, the, the Barrymore went to an Indian restaurant or Chinese restaurant, whatever it was. Then he went to this nightclub, and he met, amongst others, Stuart. And then they went in a taxi, and the taxi driver was witness to various descriptions of things that wanted he wanted Barrymore wanted to go on and they got to this house and this party went on and on and the screams of were heard at 5 a.m and the police were called at was it, I believe 5 46 a.m yeah so it was an all-night party but there's all different events on who was where in the house that night you know different statements some people say Justin Merritt and John Kennedy, Kenny, sorry, was in the jacuzzi with Stuart. Um, some say Barrymore, everyone was in the house. Some say Barrymore and two of the other guests was outside by the pool. And it, it was March, it's so it would have been quite cold. Very cold. So you wouldn't necessarily have been outside for a great deal no. of, of length of time. So you said something happened in the taxi that was in the taxi. the ta The taxi driver heard Michael Barrymore saying sexual various sexual references that were quite crude. To Stuart, um, he put his head on. He was behind the driver, so he leant forward to the driver and said, "I could do with her right now." Oh dear! So there were there were intentions of sexual antics okay that is clear but nobody knows what actually occurred at this property okay so this heinous thing happened at five in the morning and it seems well at five in the morning the neighbors did hear screaming okay but the police were not called till 5 46 a.m but barrymore had already called his agent who had already come to the property and then barrymore left the property with another but, person sorry barrymore actually left the property as he was leaving the property with two other people that's when justin merritt was calling 999 um so he'd actually left and gone to another property he was prompted by one of the people that whose flat he went to to call somebody mm. um so he actually wasn't at the house when he called so he didn't actually make the call to the police but it was his home and his responsibility surely it's as the householder is he ought to be the person that, that dealt with the authorities let me try and get this clear then so stuart dies and Barrymore leaves the house to try and well, he al did, al allegedly... Allegedly, he did not want publicity. He didn't want to be in a position where he'd be putting you know, his career at risk. He, he, he considered his career before 
the victim. So I would say. So is there a possibility that, that Stuart could have been revived, do you think? Is that out of the realm um, of... Um, I mean, on the 999 call, Justin Merritt said that Stuart had drowned. And then he said, I think the geezer's dead, mate. Um, Stuart wasn't pronounced, actually died till after 8 o'clock at Princess Alexandra because you have to get... Obviously, not at the scene. Um, so we don't even know if he was definitely in the pool. Mm. That is a major part of this story: is where did he actually die? Whether the body went in the swimming pool, and then there was all the contention of Michael Barrymore saying he couldn't swim. So why did he build a swimming pool at his house? And his ex-wife Cheryl, who was his agent, um she proved that he was able to swim so that was a that was a clear lie from him um and equally why would you build a swimming pool at your home if you don't swim okay you could say it was for your guests but i don't but i don't believe that myself right so what time did the but, police arrive sorry but at the time if you see somebody laying there in the pool even if you can't swim, you're with two other people, apparently, that's with you. Mm. Are you not going to try it? Apparently, he was laying on top of the pool. Is somebody there? What, are you going to run back into the house? Or are you, you, get, you know, something you, the natural that's instinct there with would be, um, to is try to and try help. and, yeah, not to go away. But the, 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 these people all sort of ran away. And, and in the years since, all they've done is create a wall of silence and refuse to speak. So who did the police take in for questioning? And when did that happen? Um, I, at the beginning, did they, quest they questioned, obviously, all the people present, I would assume. But Barrymore wasn't there. Um, well, Barrymore obviously was spoken to later, but the, the things that went missing were a, a, a pool thermometer and a door handle. And these two items could have been used in the the brutal assault upon the poor victim, um, and they've never been found. Oh, my God. And I think they are key to the resolution of this matter. All right, so the police interviewed the people who were there. What were their accounts, and did they, their accounts match, or were they giving various stories? I don't think any of them matched, apart from the two younger girls that was there. Um, I don't think anyone else is matched. None of them matched except for the two younger girls. No. What what stories were they actually giving then? Um, somebody found Stuart at the bottom of the pool face up. Somebody found him laying on, on top of the pool face down. One was on top of the pool face up as well. So even then you've got three different mm. things. That it was just where people was, different times, who was with who. None of them matched. Did they describe anything that had led up to no. him dying? No. no. So there was no accounts of that. And the the two young ladies, they they did report that Michael Barrymore was seen going through drawers in the house to remove things before he left the house. So there were things that Michael Barrymore did not want to be seen in that house. Was Barrymore known to be taking drugs or anything? 
he was a well-known drug and and, and drink user. You know, I, I've regularly used a photograph of a woman who I know who's a convicted racist called Baroness Marie Claire von Alvensleben um, rolling around on the floor together at a party drunk. Um, his wife left him because of his his behaviour. Um, you know, they had a marriage of convenience, from what I gather. Um, she was a very decent lady by all accounts, and he spiralled in his fame, if you can call it fame, infamy, I'd say now, into a life of cocaine addiction, I suppose. And he, he was trying to cover up his sexuality because at the time people didn't, you know, have the same views about that kind of thing as they do now. It, it wasn't it wasn't acceptable as a family presenter to be gay. And he obviously had his own issues. And I think he realized that evening, you know, this would not be very good for his career. And the first, the first, you know, um, response was the survival. And so off he went. I'm just going to have to give an educate, um, a disclaimer at this point, a legal disclaimer. So this is an educational video based on historical events. We are using, um, what's the word for it? Basically, Barry Moore is not convicted of this crime. He has a right to reply. He can come on and give his version of events if he would like to come on. You know, you can come in here and um, tell us your story and the viewpoints and the expertise of everybody in this room does not necessarily reflect the viewpoints and expertise of myself. So we're just trying to discuss this to see what possibly could have happened. Everything that we're saying is alleged. We're not saying that anyone specifically did this but we're just trying to get to the bottom of things because obviously this is a horrible tragedy for Sue. Um, his dad, you know, you was in contact, constant contact with his dad, wasn't you? I had a little bit of contact with him and, you know, the, the poor gentleman is, you know, he's been a tireless campaigner and I thought his, his efforts to, to, and devotion to the rest of his life was spent trying to get justice for his son. And I will add myself that... I don't know what occurred that night. There were nine people there, and one of them died, and that is the fact of the story. Yeah. It, it, but it took at least two of those people to perpetrate the act of the murder and rape of the person who died, and I'm not saying anything that breaks any law by saying that, but I do not know who perpetrated this crime. No, I'm not here to say Barrymore committed this crime. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying somebody did. And I believe Barrymore could help rather than blocking us all on Twitter and social media, all social media. You know, he goes on telly, uh, live TV, and says that he's willing to help. And he gives interviews to people like uh, Piers Morgan, in which he gets paid handsomely and he says i know this and i know that but then he won't say what he actually knows and that is that is what's morally reprehensible in my view about his behavior he is more interested in his career yeah. than he is in justice for a person that was murdered at his very own home 
So how did the media portray this? Did they portray it as a drowning, as some kind of assault had occurred, as you know, it, it was um, well, possibly a, lot, a murder? What, what was the what? A was lot the, of the articles sort of refer to you know a drunken orgy of sexual antics and you know drugs and people rubbing cocaine into one another's lips and things like that, but. You know, there were there were a number of people there, and they were all of different backgrounds and ages. And you know, one man was a bin man, and one man was you know an estate agent. There, there was a whole mixture of people. It wasn't it, they they'd all come together in a nightclub. They were not. I don't. I, you may speak to the contrary, but they were not people who were connected beforehand. No. Um, one or two of them were mm. his. One was a, a near neighbor. Um, one was Barry Moore's then boyfriend. Um, the rest of them, I don't quite know how they were all connected. Not to Barry Moore, no. Yes. I don't think. I think just that night, because obviously mm. Justin Merritt had his sister there, yes. which was Kylie, and then mm. she brought two Her friend, friends, yeah. which was the two girls. So, so what was the attitude of the police from the get go? Um, Michael Barrymore was saying that. The injuries occurred at, after he left the house. So the police, I believe it was two years, that they followed that up to see where the injuries was occurred and they obviously wasn't at the hospital or the mortuary. Like it this, was there was an allegation that the, the, the injuries were inflicted in the hospital when they were examining the body, which was then proven to be utter nonsense. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Michael Barrymore said that for about 19 years, mm. that that's where he was adamant, that's where Stuart got the injuries until the Body in the Pool documentary aired. And then he said it's more probable that he could have slipped by the pool. The Body in the Pool documentary was a Channel 4 thing that was last, was it last year or the yes. year before? Yes, it was last year. And... It re it re revisited the story and it raised a lot more interest in it in the same way that you know the White House Farm thing did about the Jeremy Bamber case. These programs are actually very good because they attract new interest in these stories. How did you meet Stuart? Um, he used to work in Mister Minute in a shoe repairs, and I met him there. So, yeah, it was about 14, 15 at the time. He was getting his shoes repaired. He worked there and I was just walking past. Oh, okay. He worked there, no. Gotcha, <laughs> he worked gotcha. there. Yeah. Right. So, and how, how long were you together for? Till I was 20. Got married when I was 19. And how did you hear the news of what had happened? My friend phoned me. Mm. Um, I was actually pregnant with my daughter oh my at the time. Bloody and hell. she said to me... Um, she just phoned me up and said, um, Barrymore, that man that's died. And I was thinking, what are you going on about? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and she said, it's Stuart. And I'm like, I, I didn't watch the news. I didn't even know that something had happened at Barrymore's house. Um, yeah, and she, so obviously straight away, I just put the telly on and it's all there. I couldn't believe it. So you were at home when that, yeah. that happened and you saw it on the news. Um, what what did you do after you saw it on the news? Contact Stuart's mum. Did she know already? Yeah. Yeah. 
And by then, there were probably lots of media yeah. people around yeah. their house, I'm sure, and obviously the Barrymore yeah. house and you, the photographs you see are the lot. The, the, you know, it was, the, this is prior to social media, so it's a very different. Yeah. You know, today if this happened, it would immediately be all over, all over those channels. Mm. Did the police come and speak to you and his mom? Um. Yeah, they come to speak to me a few days afterwards. Yeah. Were they helpful? Um. Yeah. Yeah. On that occasion. Were, on, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was. And how have you found your interaction with the police and the the years since? Um, over the last couple of years, really good. Um, you know, they've said that they've made mistakes and. You know they're trying to put it right so well they do seem to be putting out quite a lot of um messages on twitter particularly i notice all right yeah they with, did have with the, their rewards yeah yeah they and the reward has been increased to it was forty thousand. yes got increased to yeah so it's got to be one of the people present who we know were present or people who are present who we don't know were present it's got to be from that that group of people mm -hmm. and in recent months there was a an arrest of somebody but then they were released without charge i saw that what happened with that so they they the police from what i gather decided they didn't have sufficient evidence to proceed do you know what evidence they had to make the arrest i don't i don't know do, do what information they had um I do know some. I don't know if I'm allowed, if I can say. Is it a legal situation? I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I would love to say. Yeah. Um, they arrested but, a person who was a 50-year-old man, basically. Yeah. That, is, that is the only thing that is known about this person, and this person was never named, and then they were released. That person was... And they were living in Cheshire, this particular person, and um, they were questioned by Essex police, and then nothing proceeded. And we assume that person was present at that party? Yes. Okay. Um, so when did the police corruption come into it that you identified, Matthew? Well, I think the police have just, they, they, they just failed to deal with the evidence correctly. You know, the, the door handle, the thermometer, the questioning of the guests, um, the fact that Michael Barrymore is, has been allowed to go on television and say, "I know, I know that people who know know what they did," but I'm not prepared to say what they did. What? It's for them to say what they did, and isn't that you know, that is that is that is actually disgraceful in my view. Um, That's even that better, is, isn't it? That is appalling that that the police have not made the effort to question this man further when it was his home where this occurred. But then a couple of years later, Michael Barrymore would also go on telly and say that he hasn't spoken to anyone from that night, since that night. Well, he was in rehab with his boyfriend for a couple of weeks after that night. And one of the other guests went to Michael Barrymore's house a few months afterwards. Mm. So his, his story is very inconsistent. And, you know, he has used all his efforts to just revive his career. You know, he went on this celebrity Big Brother program and there he dressed up as Hitler and he was worshipping Jimmy Savile. Come on. 
He didn't, and did he? He, he was worshipping Jimmy Savile. Yes, he is bending down, worshipping him. Um, this is somebody. Want to hear this, is, this is somebody who has had a murder and a rape occur at his house, and he was behaving in this way. You know, there are the photographs of him rolling around on the floor with the Baroness, who I I know very well. She was very racist towards a friend of mine, and she has a conviction. Um, he. I've only ever been in the same room as him once, and it was long after this. I didn't know much about this case at this particular time, and he was—he's very loud. He's very—he's—he's he's an attention-seeking man who has had a terrible thing occur at his home, and I believe he ought to tell the truth. That is my only feeling on this matter. And poor Sue here and her late father-in-law have tirelessly campaigned to try and get justice for Stuart Lubbock and everybody talks about Michael Barrymore and I think it's wrong that the victim in this case is overlooked at the expense of this man who is trying to revive his career you know in the first lockdown he went on uh, Instagram with his stupid board game trying to play this this game with people and anybody who dared bring up what happened that night on the 31st of March 2001 gets blocked by him. Mm. He, he doesn't want to deal with the issue that actually will define him forever. A murder at his ho own home. What approaches have you made to him? Oh, it's me mainly on social media. Um, just saying, you know, would you even retweet the appeal, the posters, the official police posters because this was your house if it was my house and somebody died i would want to know i would do anything i could possible to find out who was responsible if i didn't know anything and i feel like he should be doing the same all he has to do is appeal to his followers and say that he wants to help but why does he block everyone that mentions anything at all and anybody who criticizes him, he brings up, you know, that they're being anti-homosexual, you know, they're being anti-this, they're being anti-that, they're being unfair to him because of his his own personal life choices. At the end of the day, this man had a murder and a rape occur at his own home, and he ran away. He didn't take any responsibility, and... He goes on television and he cries and says, I am the victim. I don't know what he's a victim of. You know, his own career, well, if you behave like that, you don't deserve to have the the excessive pay that he was already on. You know, he was on huge pay. We're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds a year from ITV. And why would they want him back? He's not the acceptable family man that he claimed to be because he... He's not somebody who takes, in life you have rights and you have responsibilities, and he does not take responsibilities for what occurred that evening in his very own home. So in the aftermath of the arrest, what happened? Not the arrest, of, of the, the murder, alleged murder, what happened? Um, from what I gathered, the people who were there were questioned, and then they all went away, and gradually there was an investigation, and in due course... Was it three people were arrested? Yes. One of whom was Barrymore. And then there was various investigations, and he that led ultimately nowhere. And 
ultimately then Barrymore sued the police. Um, he was awarded nominal damages. Was it one pound? Yes. Um, he wanted. He wanted two and a half million. Um, so the, there was. He didn't get what he wanted there. He lost his career. He was bankrupted. He moved to New Zealand for a period with a, another partner. Um, then he came back to the UK. Um, he again tried to revive his career. He went on this celebrity Big Brother program where he showed his true character. Um, and now he is again trying to revive his career. All right. So after the death then, how long did it take before he was arrested? I think it was 2008. So that would be seven years. Seven years. I think it was about that. That would be seven years if that's the case, yes. Um, And what happened with the case over those seven years? Nothing. Nothing much. no development. Well, the big problem is there was a wall of silence from the people who were witnesses. So for the police to investigate, you've got to have information. And there was no information. And there was a lot of mess with the investigation of the the way that the victim died so you know they they weren't able to prove anything that they were able to i think that you can categorically say it took two people to commit this yes. murder because of the way he was held down and the the injuries to his body um so out of nine people two of them were killers one of them was a victim, so that's three people. So that leaves six people who were witnesses. But there could be potentially some unknowns. There could have presence. been potentially other people present. I, I, I do believe that is a possibility. But the, 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 going on the known fa- facts, there were nine people there and one of them is dead. So there are eight people who potentially could have done this there were two two women was it correct or three women three so there were three that. women and it couldn't have been the women so that limits it to the the men who were present right um and that's you know it's it's a bit like an agatha christie story <laughs> you can you narrow these things down and yeah. you gradually get to where the perpetrator would be and obviously it is one one it's it is two of those men that were present right so you said like the police have been helpful in recent years yeah. but in other years they weren't helpful is that what you're saying or that they there were some kind of shenanigans going I think on where it's just been left maybe at first at the beginning you know it wasn't dealt with properly yeah. at all you know they've gone into what they believed was a drowning um and they just dealt with it dealt with it as a these police forces they like these matters to go away because a high profile case involving someone like that brings a lot of media attention to their force and they'd already had a lot of other bad cases go wrong at the same time particularly in Essex Mm -hmm. the Essex police force has a lot of issues you know there's the Jeremy Bamber case there's um there's there were the Range Rover murders. There were what else went on around there? All sorts of th- cases. So they like to close these matters. Yeah, and people like Barrymore have connections. Mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine he probably did all sorts of, you know, local causes, and he was liked in the community there. So they'd rather it go away. 
So has there been like political interest in this case? Have the ad uh, various administrations said anything over the years? Like you see them getting involved in like the Madeleine McCann case and things like that? Mm. No. no, there hasn't no. been that from what I've seen, no. but yeah. um, I don't know, the local MP, have you had any interaction? No, with? I haven't. No. No, nothing. And it, it seems there's been a lot of media interest then with bizarre conspiracies of what happened on one side and more serious documentaries on the other. Is that how it began with the bizarre stuff and now it's become more serious and trying to get to the bottom of things? I think the bizarre stuff is because of the media, the way they dealt with it. And Terry had a couple of people around him as well that was very media orientated so i think that that's why it's gone a certain way but since the documentary body in the pool mm. we want to go on a bit of a i want to go on a different way and so you would like to widen the interest in this through using social media and yeah, other channels and, and the, posters the posters that you sent well. me as well which we, we've shared these posters amongst relevant there's going to be a website as well coming soon um just dedicated to shirts um, hopefully getting justice and there's a few other things planned but we're just going to go on a different way to but I think it's you know it's an important time for you now since the death of of Stuart's father Terry that to raise the case again because these people are all still alive and they one of them or several of them know what happened and several of them actually did this so the ones that actually witnessed this it's time to now appeal to them to actually speak out finally and bring justice. Were you in con um, constant contact with his dad over the years as yeah. well? What What did his dad go through then, campaigning for this? It's It was hard for Terry because he didn't use the internet or anything like that. So all he saw was what was in the papers. So if nothing was in the newspapers, he thought, everything had forgotten and no one cared and no one wanted to help him. That's the way he used to see things. And it wasn't like that. We did want to help, like want to do as much as possible. It was very hard for him. And a few times he'd say, you know, I'm giving up. And, but I think he's just giving up on himself, but he still wanted to fight. But you have had several much. newspapers that have been quite supportive. I think the Mirror particularly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a few of them. I've spoke to a few reporters that have been very good as well. Um, they, very the supportive. Mirror do seem to raise this case more often than other papers. Um, it's, you know, but Michael Barrymore is just focused himself on trying to revive himself. But I don't see any way back for him. How did you first get in touch with Terry? Um, I, I was, I, I didn't really have much contact with him, but I did, I did write to him. Um, and you know, I I I just was amazed by this man's tireless energy for raising his son's case. Um, wouldn't you? Would you agree? Yeah, it was yeah, he definitely. he never gave up on right. the fact that he wanted justice. And yes, there were lots of people who sort of have latched themselves onto this cause, but this man was, you know, he wasn't a, an expert in using social media or anything like that but he he wore t-shirts he he gave appeals he went to police stations he spoke out didn't he yeah and i think you know that's an admirable 
response to a terrible situation. What about Stuart's mum? Um, I've never had any contact with her. She wanted to stay behind the scenes. She didn't like the limelight. She didn't like the interviews. Obviously, she wanted justice, but she just found it very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah, understandably so. So are there other documentaries um, coming out on this or anything else um, um, in the pipeline? There may be some coming up soon, but not right now. Hopefully the documentary will air again because it's not on Channel 4 at the moment or all 4. So. But that program was very well received, I, yeah, I thought. And it was, And it was actually a very fair analysis. And they looked at all sorts of details about you know the possibility of drowning versus not drowning and how he died. And they had experts that were able to prove that certain things the coroner had found were inaccurate and it was it was actually a very well researched program i thought yeah what inaccuracies were found um sorry i'm just complaining <laughs> the, the, the it was it was all to do with the 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 way in which whether he was in the pool before yeah. he died or whether he was put in the pool after he died and that was that was the key to this whole yeah because they were saying the injuries occurred after his death yes. wasn't they so he was trying to prove so they were trying to suggest that you know the injuries that were caused by the rape were caused after death rather than prior to death but then there were contradictory stories about things going on in hot tubs and it was all. It, it, the order is so mixed up that that is the issue. Do you know which experts they brought in on that program? I can't remember their names, but there was a particular coroner, a doctor. Yeah, it was a pathologist. Pathologist. Um, well, it's sure. I don't know the name, unfortunately. Yeah. So, what are your socials then that people can support you at and contact you? It's mainly Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. What's your Twitter handle? We'll, we'll, we'll yes, we can put the link. We can, can yeah. the link. Uh, <laughs> we're going um, to put the link yes. below the video so people can reach out to if that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, it's Sue Homan, but it might be at Sue OK Thirty Eight. Oh, I just send it. Oh, we'll, we'll just yeah. add that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't mean look at it. <laughs> so, so the people watching this then, Sue. What would you like to say to them, if you know, as an appeal for help to come forward? Just anyone, I believe somebody out there still knows and still has answers. Like the police do have evidence, and the evidence was good, but it just wasn't enough for the CPS. So somebody knows, and I believe more than one person knows and can help because twenty years is a long time. These people have had partners. I know they've had drunken nights and I know they've spoke to people. So I know there's other people that do know and that can help, but I just need to reach out to them to just please come forward to Essex Police or Crime Stoppers or reach out to us and, you know, can be anonymous. We just need answers once and for all. Anything you'd like to add? Well, I would just say the same thing, you know, the, that these people have had this night living in their minds for the last 20 years, 
and it is time that one of those people or several of those people finally told the truth and just helped get justice for this poor family who have lost a son, have lost a father to the children, who, and it is just time for some justice. Is there anything that you feel we've left out, Sue, that you'd like to say? No, I don't think so. What about you? Have you got anything else, my no, friend? No, I think that's the, I think that's about all, really. Okay, so you know, if you, you do have information, if you are out there, Sue's Twitter is going to be in the description box below this video, and you know, we're just hoping after all this time that someone will be moved to see Sue's testimony. Imagine what she's been through over these decades with this unresolved situation so if someone can come forward and help put these pieces together with some information that the police uh have been missing then we would appreciate you clicking on that link for sue's twitter and just getting in touch with whatever you can um also down there we'll have matthew's links as well so if you would like to speak to matthew at the steeples times you are more than welcome to reach out to him as well. And a huge thank you to Sue thank and you. Matthew for coming along. Thank you. Yeah. Very brave of you to be doing this. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, cheers.